It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right now, it. now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. It's going to be an interesting and somewhat eclectic show today. Um, We're going to talk about uh, guns, sleep, and love in the age of COVID. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with uh, Diana Wiley. She talks about... uh, love and and has some tips on on how to deal with uh, being in quarantine and so on. Although there's light at the end of the tunnel, there's still a lot of us that are stuck pretty close to home, sheltering in place and so on. During the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with uh, a psychotherapist who have um, some tips about foods that promote a better night's sleep. Dr. Terrilyn Sell has been on the show before talking about ADHD and other things, but she's going to talk about how to get a good night's sleep. She is a psychotherapist and brain health expert. Dr. Terrilyn Sell will be joining us by phone during the second hour of our three-hour tour. But first, we're going to talk about gun safety in the face of uh, extremism with um, Jonathan Gold. Uh, John's been on the show before uh, when Michigan launched its uh, chapter of uh, the the Giffords Gun Safety 
organization uh, founded by uh, um, former Congresswoman uh, Gabby Giffords and her husband. And uh, John helped found the Michigan chapter. He was on the show when they launched. But we're going to talk about some of the recent events and and what gun owners are saying about gun regulation and gun safety and what they think sensible solutions to gun violence are. So uh, stay tuned. Don't click that mouse. Don't touch that dial. We'll have uh, we, we've got our three-hour tour starting in just a moment. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, recently, the uh, debate over guns and what to do about it has been taken up anew in Washington. And uh, whether or not new legislation comes out of it or it's uh, just more talk in the wake of recent gun violence uh, is still to be determined. But uh, it's always interesting to talk with my next guest. He's been on the show before, and we've talked about responsible gun ownership. And it's good to hear from gun owners when these uh, conversations start up. Jonathan Gould is... uh, from uh, is is a member of Michigan Gun Owners, and he joins me by phone. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here again. Um, did I get that right? Is is the organization Michigan Gun Owners? No, it's it's Gifford. It's the Michigan chapter of Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety. Okay, all right. Because I, I remember uh, you were on the show when the organization launched. That is correct. And uh, and we talked about the Giffords and and their efforts and and we also talked about there are a lot of gun owners who um, believe that that gun ownership is uh, somewhat sacred, but is um, but should also be done responsibly. And gun owners for safety is there. Um, has has there been a, a surge in membership uh, since it launched? There has been a surge in membership nationally. Um, here in Michigan, the launch has been a little tough when you combine COVID nineteen and not being able to have meetings and fundraisers and be around people. Right. But uh, we're 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 doing it, you know, by internet by Zoom call. And yes, we we have a lot of people starting to show some interest, and it's a good thing. And and what exactly is is the mission? I, there are uh, a lot of um, well, a lot of social media um, chatter and and uh, stuff about you know President Biden wants to take everybody's guns away. President Obama wanted to take everybody's guns away. Um, but it, 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 do you have that? fear is that fear common among gun owners or is that just part of the divisive political rhetoric that we hear all the time well i i think a lot of people have to scream to make their base happy um but here's the thing barack hussein obama did not lift one gun did not confiscate one weapon no one's safe got emptied no one's defense weapon got taken away unless they broke the law and they deserved it. So if if four years of one of the most liberal administrations we've ever seen 
And I don't even think liberals are all in favor of confiscation of people losing their guns either. I think there's a, there's a generalization that gets used for the two sides. And I think the mission of our group, I mean, to take it back to its brass tacks, is we want to promote responsible gun ownership. And no, we don't want people's rights taken away. By the same token, we'd really like less people to get shot. I think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to brass tacks. Too many people in this country are dying from gunfire every year. And we have to come up with some kind of reasonable reform. Um, and we should have done it ourselves, Tom. That's the other thing. As responsible gun owners, we should have done it ourselves. We should have policed this and cleaned it up. But instead, we are now dealing with, I mean, eventually, if enough people get hurt, somebody's going to rationally say, well, maybe Americans aren't responsible enough to own guns. And then we might have that problem. What what would that what would that look like, John? I, I mean, we hear all kinds of things about extended waiting periods and banning certain types of guns. What would gun owners suggest with regard to making uh, gun ownership a little less deadly in this country? Well, first of all, I, and, I and I, I really clumsily phrase that because I don't want to give people the impression that gun owners are going to shoot people at some point because that's just not no, true. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I haven't. Um, no, the, the, uh, I think what we need is just some, and it's used as a catchphrase. You're going to hear the words common sense all over the airways, common sense, gun laws, common sense, but, but it really is at this point. I mean, uh, Tom, why is there a need for a hundred-round drum attached to a rifle by a civilian? Um, why, <laughs> you know, do we really want Dodge City when someone has a breakup in a college dorm? There have to be rules and regulations, and um, I think one thing we've seen in this country is that, you know, we push deregulation to the point of danger and we point regulation to the point of danger, and there has to be a middle ground. Is it, is it a matter of, in between. is it a matter of regulation or, or can education do the job? No, I think we need both. I think we need both. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what made you concerned about this issue more than anything else. But when I saw those military cosplayers in Lansing who decided to intimidate lawmakers by walking into the Capitol carrying AR-15s and AK-47s, that's a banana republic. That's not the United States of America. That's just irresponsible. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's threatening. It's intimidating. It's... Uh, Gun ownership used to be a creed where, A, we, we have a lot of hunters, and, you know, they're the, some of the most responsible gun owners on earth. And B, there are those of us who decided that we were going to protect others, and we were quiet, and we were respectful, and we didn't intimidate anybody, and we didn't wear them out on our shoulders or on our hips like jewelry. Um, you know, we... we, we took a creed to protect our families and our loved ones and other people, and we didn't go around flashing it. And now it's, 
it's become a glorification process, and that's that's really dangerous. Well, the the reason that I thought it was important to have this conversation again is because every time there's any kind of a mass shooting, um, people start arguing uh, the various uh, aspects of of gun regulation and the legislate uh, um, the legislature in uh, Washington. There is uh, a uh, proposal having to do with um, uh, background checks and waiting. Universal background check. And, sure. and waiting periods. And, um, you know, that that doesn't seem like something that would uh, inconvenience hunters or collectors. Well, it wouldn't. Um, unfortunately, we live in an immediate gratification society where people want it right away at, uh, I don't want to advertise for a fast food chain. I was going to do a slogan, right? But, um, <laughs> they, um, pe- people in this country want immediate gratification. They want to be able to go buy whatever they want to go buy whenever they want to go buy it. Um, guns are killing tools. And anyone who's telling you something else, I mean, don't get me wrong. We use them for sport. I, I used to shoot competition myself. Um, it's, it's fun, but these are deadly tools and I can't think of any reason why HR8 shouldn't become law. So basically what we want are universal background checks, some extended waiting periods. And we're not talking about a huge extended waiting period here. We're talking about from three days to 10 days a week. We're talking about a week. And the only reason that, in it, that those waiting periods are important. One, maybe a more in-depth background check comes up with something that we couldn't see in the system before. That's possible. But the real reason for it is to cut down on impulse killing because someone shouldn't be able to be irate or over-the-top, walk into a gun store, buy a firearm, load it, and walk into the shopping mall. It's, 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 it's a way to cut down on the immediate access to a firearm. And, and not an infringement on anybody's right to own guns. Nope. No, it's not. Um, you know, we've been trying to get a hearing in this state for almost three years on a domestic violence bill that just says, you know what? We don't think convicted felons, especially violent offenders who are guilty of domestic violence or stalking, should be able to buy a firearm legally. And we can't even get a hearing on that out of the Michigan House and Senate because of ideation, because of politics. So, you know, there are common sense things that we could do to make this country safer uh, including keeping a lot of dangerous people from getting their hands on firearms immediately, and we aren't doing it. More with Jonathan Gould. from uh, He's a uh, Michigan gun owner and uh, one of the founders of the Michigan chapter of the Gabby Giffords group that's fighting for common sense gun regulation. Straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Jonathan Gould. from uh, He's a uh, Michigan gun owner and uh, one of the founders of the Michigan chapter of the Gabby Giffords group that's fighting for common sense gun regulation. Straight ahead. What happened to the NRA, John? Uh, you know, it, when they initially started, they they were a tremendous educational resource and then they became like this this lobby powerhouse now their their power is diminishing now and with their economic problems and bankruptcy and and so on but but what happened how did they shift from you know a, a fraternal organization that that shared you know, rules and and responsible practices to this this lobbying group for what it looks like to most people is for the gun manufacturers. Well, I think it was it was a gradual change, like anything else. And there's the old phrase: the ultimate power corrupts absolutely. Um, I think. Uh, they figured out that their biggest checks weren't coming from members. They were coming from the gun companies. Um, If you pick up a copy of their magazine, American Rifleman, uh, which I get monthly still because they haven't accepted my resignation six times, um, they don't want anyone to see their numbers going down. Um, The last, I've seen one article on gun safety in the last 10 years. And besides that, it's been a small two-inch by two-inch ad on page 49 that says, here's where you get a gun safety class. Um, the, 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 the focus was changed by a lot of money. And as you can see by what's happened with, the, you know, uh, Wayne LaPierre, uh, the head of the NRA, about a year and a half ago, told everyone he needed a $6.5 million dollar security mansion to keep him safe from liberals who don't have guns (laughs) so um you know it's it's really uh, they 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 become really kind of a joke and it's hard because i was a lifetime member tom I, i believe in hunting i believe in the ecology of the land i believe in responsible gun ownership and education and Somewhere along the line, they, uh, like I said, I think it was a gradually flipped switch, but it's flipped. But is it flipping back with groups like the Giffords Group and and with uh, people like you that are that are starting to turn away from the NRA and say, wait a minute, um, they're not really representing. Our, our beliefs, our values? Well, I would hope that logic would prevail, but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I, also don't think, I, I also don't think we should count the NRA out. I think uh, there's a Mark Twain line about reports of his demise being uh, iffy. Yeah. And <laughs> Rumors of my yeah. death have been greatly exaggerated. Exactly. Exactly. And so... Um, I, I don't think they're gone. I think they have one lawsuit they're trying to avoid, and they're going to relocate from New York to Texas where things are a little more friendly for them and where those lawsuits probably won't get through the courts. 
so I, I think that's the NRA's bankruptcy issue. I, I don't think that they're nearly as hurting as everybody says they are. Um, and they've been down before and come back. That's, it's not new. Um, so thinking the NRA is out of fight is, is, is a misnomer. But um, are, they however, losing the, are they losing the uh, public opinion battle? I think they're losing some of it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm getting more and more people from the 2A, from the Second Amendment movement, talking about reasonable reform. I think that, you know, they've kind of discredited themselves, you know, besides their, you know, their infiltration by Russian spies. And, and now, you know, obviously their legal battles and their problems in public. Uh, also, they aired some of the most scare tactic lies we ever saw when Dana Loesch was their, uh, their press representative. And, um, I mean, they were scare tactic videos about the government's riots in the streets and governments coming in to storm your home. And, you know, yes, I think some people have finally said enough is enough. Does that mean that we will actually see the legislature in Washington and maybe legislatures in states around the country um, actually moving some reasonable regulation uh, forward? Well, some already are. Um, take a look at North Carolina. Uh, they have started passing uh, red flag laws, purple laws, um, uh, background check laws. Uh, it, it all depends on the political climate of the state you're in. But, yeah, cities, counties, and legislatures all over the country are, I mean, it's hard not to see the problem anymore. So th there is maybe something um, shifting in the gun debate now uh, because we've had, and, and it's kind of interesting that as soon as uh, states started <laughs> Um, backing off some of the restrictions related to COVID-19 and the pandemic. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing, you know, these mass shootings again. Um, is every time we have a wave of these kinds of events, like the shooting in, in uh, the shootings in uh, Boulder, Colorado and Atlanta and so on, there's a lot of heated discussion, but then nothing really happens. Is is there, do you think, uh, John, a, is the tide shifting a little bit toward common sense finally? I hope so. I really hope so. I can't tell you for sure. Um, I know that there are millions of people now working on it every day. When, when this all started... Ten years ago, when I was probably not as moderate as I am today, Tom, um, I said that if people wanted to make a difference or stop the, the, the violence or the prevailing wind, they needed an organization or organizations that were working every day as hard as the NRA was to, do, to work on their side. Well, now we have that. There are organizations like Giffords, like Moms Demand Action, like Every Town, um, who are out there putting dollars and cents and effort and time into trying to make this making this country safer. 
And that's what it's about. It's about making things safer. No one wants to end anybody's rights. But there, there has to be some common sense to this. And I think we're finally getting there. Um, I, I, I don't give President Trump much credit. Uh, you can probably hear in my voice he's not one of my favorite people. But he at least enforced the bump stock ban after the Vegas shooting because a bump stock took a semi-automatic rifle and sped it up, essentially turning it into an automatic weapon or within, a, it, within an inch of one. And at, at least that happened. So there's precedent. The other thing is is that we forget that there, there are common-sense gun laws on the books that have worked for a long time. The NFA of 1934, the National Firearms Act, banned machine guns as, as, as a rule. And, you know, we can talk about the difference between semi-automatic rifles and machine guns. But the answer is, do you know how many Americans have been killed with a machine gun since 1934? Two. <laughs> Two. So if we start at, there are gun laws on the books that we have used to make people safer and they work. And certainly whatever we're trying now isn't working. Well, and, and some would say, you know, that in some cases we aren't trying. Um, you know, this, this, what do we do about the the person-to-person sales that happen? You know, the the so-called gun show loophole the you know the case where uh you know somebody's uncle sells them a gun you know out of their attic or yep. garage well uh, the personal loophole is interesting here in michigan it used to be different it used to be that anytime you transferred a weapon you still had to go if, if let's say you know my my best friend lives next door and i wanted to transfer a weapon into his ownership we would still have to go to a federally licensed gun dealer somewhere in this state or city. They would have to run the, the base background check that happens, and then the weapon could be transferred. Now, that's on handguns. Just um, on a well, gun. Much like the way we you know, do with automobiles. You know, well, cars have to be I, registered, and when a car changes hands, the registration has to be changed. Well, and, and it's interesting, too, because here in Michigan with handguns, all of these people who are screaming against registration, every time you buy a handgun in the state of Michigan, there's a form that has to be filled out, and one of those copies of that form gets sent to the state police. So we already have, I won't call it a registration, but we have records, um, and, and, and it hasn't hurt anybody. So I, I don't understand, well, I do. I, I understand some of the rationale, but most of it's out of fear. I mean, the other thing, Tom, that we're facing now is a huge fear of unregistered firearms that are being created with no serial numbers at all. I don't You're know talking about three D printers and that sort of thing. Not even three D printers. There's a there's. I mean, three D printers are proposing make some raw material guns that might work once or twice. But I'm talking about ghost guns. And if, if you don't know what a, anyone doesn't know what a ghost gun is, ghost guns are kits. They skirt the law because they're what they're called 80% kits. So if I build a firearm and I build the frame out and the receiver out, that is officially not a firearm yet. It's only an 80% kit. 
So if I buy, if the eighty percent kit is bought, and then you put a barrel and a trigger mechanism into it, now it's a gun. But it's never been inside the doors of a gun company. It's never had a serial number stamp stamped on it. It can be done with simple CNC tools and drills, and you can mark now create legally an unlicensed, unregistered ghost gun. And the argument you hear from the far right is, well, that means the government won't know they can come and get them. Like I said, no one's come to get them yet. The history of this country, no one's come to get them yet. So, um, but think about how law enforcement solves a murder case. Most of the time, it starts with the serial number on the gun, which is traced to the deal, the, the manufacturer that made it, the dealer who sold it, and the first owner. That's a vital chain for law enforcement to be able to find murderers. And now we're talking about unlicensed, unregistered, unsanctioned weapons in the hands of people who feel they need that. How, um, how many of these... Ghost guns are estimated to exist, and and is that something that's that's growing? Because there are a great many people who just don't think what they do, what they own, what they build is anybody's business. Unfortunately, it's starting to grow. It's it is a huge issue. I am thinking that there are already, and again, I do not have the FBI data in front of me, but hundreds of thousands of them already. And and are people, by and large, and, and I know the information is basically anecdotal, uh, John, but um, by and large, are the people that have these ghost guns, did they make them themselves, or are there people, you know, in a, in a pole barn somewhere knocking these out and selling them? Probably both. Probably both. I mean, anyone in a, in, a, in a defunct tool and die shop could now set up their own gun factory. Um, that's a scary proposal. And I would think the gun companies... Would they, would they be breaking the law? No. No. They have figured out exactly how to skirt the, the essence of the law. Um, I mean, wouldn't the same were... laws or, or the, the same laws, the same regulations that have gun manufacturers stamping serial numbers into what they make apply to these people as well? I would hope so, but I don't think so. Um, at I, this I mean, point, I know it's an enforcement problem, but do, right. the, do the laws exist to deal with them, or do we need some new laws? No, we need some new laws. Um, I, I, you know, everyone's asked me that question. They've said, why aren't we just enforcing the laws that are on the books? Well, yes, it's an enforcement problem, but it's also a, it's also a problem of specificity. I got that word out, specificity. There we go. So the, the, the problem is that some of these laws are left intentionally vague and open to interpretation um, when you really just have to have a rule. And, yes, I think I cannot figure out for the life of me how, if it is illegal right now, and it is, if I buy a legally registered or legally licensed and built firearm and I obscure or remove the serial number, 
that gun's illegal. So I can't understand how in the world you're, it's not illegal to make a gun and have no serial number on it. There is, however, a provision in the law, and this came from antique dealers who used to want to build their old historical weapons, right? So you wanted to buy, build a Sharps rifle or a Colt 45 revolver, or you wanted to work on some kind of project like that. That's always been legal. And the problem is, is that the law hasn't kept up with technology. Because once again, I don't think anyone was talking about it being legal to manufacture AR-15s and Glock pistol clones in your basement. They were talking about hobbyists. So, some well, law, yeah, somebody who wanted probably to, gonna have to change. Somebody who wanted to recreate or maybe restore a flintlock. Exactly. Because it was, you know, bring it back to, uh, you know, so-called mint condition or, or whatever. Um, that's that's something, uh, you know, for collectors and, and uh, history buffs and, and stuff. But um, as we get close to the end of our time, John, there's, there's one thing I always like to do with guests, and that's give listeners... Um, some information or some resources where they can find out more about some of the things that we've been talking about. You mentioned earlier that uh, the NRA isn't really publishing gun safety information anymore. Um, but are there some places, uh, some good websites where people can get good, reasonable uh, information about gun rights and gun safety? Absolutely. So the first site is our site. I'm going to publicize us first, www.giffords.org. And if you go to that website and you go to the Law Center, there is empirical research that has been done on gun violence and, and gun safety measures and how they help the country. I would encourage anyone to use the Giffords Law Center. It is an incredible resource. Um Everytown also, uh, again, it's www.everytown.com. Um, they have an immense library of information. Uh, and, and, of course, information is only as good as the reader. But the other thing, I think, is that if we're all knowledgeable and educated, and you talked about education before, it's always better when somebody has an educated opinion because an opinion without facts is just that. So it's great to have an opinion, but have an educated opinion. Come at it with some data. Come at it with some knowledge and understand what the responsibilities are that come with the right. And I think that that's the biggest message that I, I want to put out there is that, yeah, we have a Second Amendment, a right to bear arms, but with great power comes great responsibility. Marvel Comics is going to be angry at me, so I'm going to attribute them here. But with, with great power comes great responsibility, and there is no greater power than that over life and death. And, yes, you'll hear other arguments with people talking about my kitchen knives are deadly, too. Your kitchen knives don't kill anyone at a distance well, and at I'm, a rate of 100 people a minute. And, and I'm surprised that more hasn't been made out of the fact that uh, the, the horrendous killing of George Floyd didn't involve a weapon at all. Actually, actually kind of did, because the four men who were allowed to do it all had that protection. 
the people on the street who were going to try, who might have tried to stop them. Yeah, that's that's didn't. a that's a fair point, John. And I also want to um, interject here. You've mentioned uh, Giffords many times. The uh, sure the organization um, that uh, the Michigan chapter is part of, and and I want to just remind people who might not remember that that's the organization started by uh, former was it uh, Arizona. Congresswoman yep. uh, Gabby Giffords and her husband, and and she herself was the victim of of a shooting, uh, a you know public uh, shooting event, and she and her husband were both gun owners, but felt very strongly and that that something needed to be done, that there needed to be some common sense. So they've been pushing this uh, uh, for many years now. Yeah, and I want to point out that they both still are gun owners. So it's it's it again. There, it's, it it's not about confiscation. But yeah, I I Gabby Giffords is heroic to me. Anyone who could take a bullet to the back of the head and and, and a recover and b be functional and c come out and fight for what she thinks is right. Um, you have to respect that. I certainly do. It's the inspiration that got me here. Well, and I, uh-huh. but I think it's important for people who who may not remember uh, Gabby Giffords to to understand that. I think that story always has to be part of the narrative. I completely agree, and I thank you for doing it. Well, Jonathan, I thank you for spending this time with me this morning. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to hear from you, and uh, you um, <laughs> you remind us that that common sense is a good thing. It really is. Well, Jonathan, take care and keep up the good work. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight up. comes along that's spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague. Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490.
the Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. He's too good to be true. He's, he's tall, he's handsome, he's rich, exciting. Definitely the best thing that's happened to me since George died. No, no, the kids haven't met him yet. They will later, though. He's out duck hunting. He said he'd drop by afterwards. Oh, Marge, I like a man who hunts ducks. <laughs> yeah. He said he was coming by because he had something very important to say to me. Marge, I think he may even pop the question. Oh, wait a minute. That might be him now. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Coming! Hi, Michael. Hi, Anne. How are I you? just made some martinis just the way you like them. Oh, great. Did I just hear a shot? Yeah. It's a funny thing. I was walking up the driveway, and uh, my gun kind of went off accidentally, and I shot a rabbit. <laughs> he was digging up your garden. Yeah. Uh, Michael? Yeah. Um, that wasn't a rabbit. That, that was Skippy, my dog. <laughs> oh, Anne, I'm terribly sorry. I... No problem, Michael. No problem. He w- was getting old anyway. Are you sure? My dog and dog age, he was close to seven. <laughs> Sit down, Michael. Oh, I forgot to ask, how did duck hunting go? Oh, well, it's not really duck hunting. It's, uh, well, it's kind of deer hunting, even though I didn't shoot a thing. I am getting better. <laughs> Man, I, I'm very sorry. I'm, no I, problem. These things happen. It was uh, getting dirty anyway. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, Michael, I'm reading this book called The Total Woman. Yes. It really makes a lot of sense. It says that... Oh, hi, Duke. You're home from school early. Yeah. We had a happy day. Oh. Hello, son. How are you? Hi. So what's wrong with Skippy? He looks sick. <laughs> Duke, he's tired. He's sleeping. Oh, that's strange. The mailman's lying in the lawn. He must be sleeping, too. Bright young boy. Oh, oh, my Lord, I... No problem. And... That was your son. That's right. It was my son. But we can't live in the past now, can we? We must live for today and tomorrow. Our tomorrow. You're so understanding. Well, I I try not to be bothered by trivialities, and you should, too. Mommy, am I crazy or did I just hear shots? Say, who was that? I was in the shower. I could have sworn I... My late daughter. I I am now. I'm very sorry. No problem, Michael. No problem. Look, Patty was young, but those were 19 fruitful years. She even went to Europe last summer. Listen, um... Well, now that we're alone, as it were, I... Well, there's something I... uh, There's something I wanted to ask you. Really? Yeah. I've never asked anybody this before. I'm kind of nervous. Take your time. And, uh, I'm so old-fashioned. Look, 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 you sit here. Okay. I guess I just want to do it the right way. 
Look. <laughs> Ann? Ann, I'm... Are you all right? No problem. Just hurry up. What was it that you wanted to ask? You're sure you're all right? I'm fine, Michael. Oh, um... <laughs> you know, I could really use that martini now. I... Now? Yeah, it'd probably help me pop the... Well... You know, as I was saying, I mean... Well, we've known each other for, oh, I guess, a few Is that months. okay? Oh, that's, that's fine. That's perfect. Oh, do you think I could have a twist? Just a little liar. <laughs> this message has been brought to you by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. You know, a gun is only as dangerous as the man who uses it. Oh, boy. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. As I walk through this wicked world Searching for light in the dark depths of insanity I ask myself, is all hope lost? Is there only pain and hatred and misery And each time I feel like this inside There's one thing I want to know What's so funny about peace, love and understanding What's so funny about peace, love and understanding Standing What's so fun about peace, love, and understanding Sometimes So when it's gone 
show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>